You're listening to Starting Up on the Agenda on Dubai Eye 103.8. With VirtuZone, business set up with no regrets. Hello there and thank you for downloading this Starting Up podcast from the 7th of February. And on the programme today, we focused on the tourism sector. That's as Dubai reports record figures for 2022. We spoke to some of the startups riding that tourism wave all the way to profit, including Hero Experiences and U-Drive. And with only five months to go until the introduction of corporation tax, we hosted a special half-hour phone-in with John Casey. He's the general manager of VirtuZone Accounting and Taxation, and he took your questions on everything from tax thresholds to whether or not you can avoid the tax by paying yourself a bigger salary. You're listening to Starting Up on the Agenda on Dubai Eye 103.8. With VirtuZone, business set up with no regrets. Well, hello there and welcome back to the agenda. Importantly, welcome back to Starting Up, which of course is our special programme for entrepreneurs and prospective business owners in partnership with VirtuZone. Today I'm joined in the studio by Paul Bryson, who's Group Commercial Director for that company, who's going to be helping me grill the guests and give advice. Thank you for coming in to join us. Thank you very much, Georgia. It's always a pleasure to see you. It is always a pleasure to have you here. And actually, we've got a very good news story that we're covering on the programme today. Day. We've got to focus on tourism, and that is because, as I'm sure you heard on the business breakfast this morning, Dubai came close to hitting pre-pandemic visitor figures last year with over 14 million international visitors. Now, that compares to 16.7 million in 2019, but of course, that's pre-COVID. And, you know, there's a whole, we're in a whole different world now. But if you want to sort of get a sense of, um, of how well Dubai is doing compared to the rest of the world... Global tourist travel last year was still 30% lower than in 2019. That's according to UN figures. So for us to be hitting such good numbers here in Dubai, we must be getting something right. And it certainly feels like it when you're out on the roads, doesn't it? Oh, uh, I felt like it when I was getting here this morning. But are you surprised? Does the does Dubai surprise you anymore? You know, with, with we, well, with our superlatives. Um, do you know, yes, it does. And, I, and the reason why I think it does is because I am... A journalist, so I I like to see the uh, the glass half empty. Let's be honest. I you know I'm ready for disaster at all sides, and so I I have to say I thought that six months after the world's bankers predicted the world's biggest recession, I would have thought that six months after that we'd start to feel it here, and we have not no. at all. Well, look, I'm a bit of a pessimist as well. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I've got that reputation in the office uh, <laughs> as being a little bit grumpy and negative sometimes. But, yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised. Um, and I was at the airport recently. The place was absolutely mobbed. You couldn't even get in there to pick someone up. So it doesn't surprise me uh, where we have come from uh, post-pandemic here in Dubai. It is very good news. And meanwhile, we've got that Chinese market just opening up. So it has to be said, the outlook is very good indeed. So if you're a budding entrepreneur, how can you ride this wave to profit. I'm joined now by one expert in the field, a man who started several tourism companies and just keeps on innovating. His name's Adam McEwen. He's the group CEO of Hero Experiences. Now, they're a UAE-based SME behind the companies like Platinum Heritage and Balloon Adventures. Hello there, sir. Thank you for joining me on Teams. How are you? I am very good. Thank you, Georgia. Thank you for inviting me on the show. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Now, you've got several companies. I just named two of them there. How do you pick your new tourism projects? You know, you keep on innovating, you keep on coming up with something new. Where do you find the ideas? 
Well, I think most people are tempted to have a solution. So they're good at something, they, they have some experience with something, and then they try and kind of look for a, a problem. But I think the, the opposite is true. You look at where there's gaps in the market. You look at where there's demand for different activities, where there's a problem that you may be uniquely uh, positioned to solve then you go out and put plans in place to solve it. So it's always kind of looking for problems and then solving those problems for as many people as you can. And if you can somehow do that, you end up with a successful business. No, no I love, uh, hi Adam, I, I love the okay. Platinum Heritage uh, product that you guys offer. Always recommend it to people uh, when they're in town. Um, so I've got a kind of two-part question for you. Is there still space for people to enter this market? And, and how do you advise people to find that USP that you've done with Platinum Heritage? Because it is not another desert safari for anybody that's not been on it. It is not another desert safari. It is worth trying. Yeah, again, I think if you find you're in a situation where you're copying someone, you're probably heading down the wrong route. You have to try and innovate. So the, the problem that we had identified with Platinum Heritage was that everything was actually very much the same. And we wanted to take people back on the historical journey, like it, uh, become the Indiana Jones of their own story. And there was nothing really authentic um, on offer at all. Um, and there wasn't also anything really luxurious on offer at all. So we thought, how can we address both of those problems? We ended up having two solutions to those problems. One was our platinum connection, which is you know very fine dining in the desert. Um, Modern Range Rovers taking I people love out the, into I love the parts la- of the I love desert. the old Land Rovers. I love the vintage Land Rovers. They're so, so cool. Love them. Yeah, well, that was our solution to kind of what is more authentic. So we looked at what were the first vehicles in the UAE and how do we take people back on this historic journey? So we were kind of coming up with a unique solution to what I think a lot of people had thought they'd already solved. Um, but we wanted to you know, have people um, try Emirati food, have Emirati mm. entertainment, and have a real true taste of what this country was all about. And you said you said about copying people, if you know if you're copying people you're doing something wrong. How how do you how do you stop people replicating what you do? Well you have to understand how you're going to defend your position before you even start. So if you're if you're starting to think about that after you've already started, you're probably going to run into some trouble. Um, but sometimes you you do for for example the hot air balloon industry um, we were alone for a long time, I think about 12 years. We were alone in the skies. Um, and then one by one, people started kind of copying the formula and started flying with us. So we started innovating with those. And one of the major innovations has solved an additional problem, um, which was how do you view the palm? Um, you know, this beautiful palm-shaped island that unless you're skydiving or unless you're in a helicopter, both of which are, are, are very expensive and out of the reach of most people, how do you see that it's actually the shape of a palm? So this is how we innovated and developed a helium balloon, which you've probably seen on the news recently, mm-hmm. um, which can fly all day, giving spectacular views all over the palm. So in response to kind of a, a, a business threat, you know, innovation is always the answer. So it's not fighting sure. on price or something. I think it's I would, innovation is generally the answer. I think I would definitely rather view the palm from a hot air balloon than from skydiving. I'm ready. I'm ready to jump out of the plane. No, I'm definitely not. You're definitely not. I think I'm above the weight limit as well. Actually, thankfully enough for that, so I can't. But you're using that as an excuse. I don't think. I don't think it holds. I think they would. I think they'd be more than happy to take you up. And I I love. I love skydiving, and I think over the palm is one of the most spectacular places you can do it. But it's not necessarily family friendly. I wouldn't be taking my kids. So, or my mother. 
and the palms double the price, right? To skydive over rather than the desert, so um, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, it makes it. Well, do you know we had right. um, we had a property guy in uh, recently who said that a view adds fifty percent to there the value go. of an apartment. Location, location, location. yeah. So it's there the same you go. sky, right? Same sky. Well, yeah, but you can see the palm. It's too awesome. Mm. You know that shape is amazing. Tell me, did you find well, COVID? Well, the, the oh, opposite. I was going to say the opposite is true with a balloon out of the palm because it's actually quite inexpensive. Um, it's only 175 dirhams compared to around 1,250 for a balloon in the desert. So it's actually quite cheap. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm going to cast your eye back to, to COVID because it basically, for, I mean, it's lovely to have the hindsight now, but at the time it felt like the world was over. Did you, especially for tourism, did you find it a difficult time? Did you ever think of giving up? Um, this may sound strange, but I, it was actually quite an exciting time for us. Um, Maybe it's this morbid intellectual curiosity, but it was a time where no expert had the answer, no textbook had the answer, and it was like gloves were off. We're like we're we're out to kind of create, and we knew that we were at some inflection point. So we were actually quite excited. This is where we accelerated some of our plans to do different and unique things. We knew that we were really well positioned because we do a lot of private experiences. So we knew that that the the kind of the high end traveler that wants private experiences would be the first to return. So for us, we actually were quite excited and we thought this was a good chance for us to, to kind of make up some market share. And, and that has come true. I mean, um, I, know, I, I know Dubai is, is almost matching pre-COVID levels, um, but last year we were t- 25 to 30% above. Right. So for us, it was quite an exciting time. <clears throat> a bit stressful at times. But, but exciting. I would say we've noticed the same, right? I've never seen as many new visas be issued than I've seen in the last year. The same with new business trade licenses. We've seen so, so many more people are coming to Dubai, whether that to be a tourist or as a resident. But Adam, do you, how do you find it, right? Like if you've got Platinum Heritage and you're offering this high-end bespoke service, not just you, you know your standard tourism company, how do you find it to staff, you know, to get quality staff? Is that difficult? Um, or is there any other business problems that's more prominent than that? Um, not really. I mean, our, our idea is that we want to make everyone the hero of their own experience. And that, that's not just our guests, that's also our staff. So I think, um, you know, if you have the mentality like a sports coach, for example, like if you were to say, how would you best mentor or coach an elite athlete? You know, you would, you would inspire them. You would make sure they have the resources that they need. You would make sure that they're happy, that their uh, home life is balanced. And the same is true in business. So, you know, I think if you imply those same principles, which we really try hard to do, um, I mean, you have an engaged staff. And I think if they saw, like we did in COVID, that we were optimistic and we were we were charging forward, um, it created this buzz and the excitement within the company. So that's the kind of environment people want to stay. Mm-hmm. And it attracts people. You know, they mention it to their friends. Their friends want to join our company. And I need, so to, I need us, to jump in, Adam. We I, only have a few seconds left, but I really, really want to get some free info from you. Where are you looking for your next venture? Give us a heads up. So obviously Saudi Arabia has come calling. Um, that's something where, you know, we, we need to create new things. Um, we're also looking within the region. So um, around Jordan, around Oman, um, even as far as field as places like Argentina and Australia are areas that we're looking oh, at adapting our products. Inter- so they're interesting ones, Argentina and Australia. Saudi, I think there's a queue the length of Dubai to Saudi of people from Dubai wanting to break into that market. But I haven't heard anyone mention Argentina yet. Yeah, well, I mean, you look at um, diversification of the brand and again, solving problems. And we've seen that we 
have some unique solutions to to places like Iguazu Falls and Patagonia. Um, and I think it's also exciting for our staff to be able to do an on-season in Dubai and an off-season in Argentina. Uh, again, keeps challenging the team, gives them unique opportunities, um, upskills the whole team, and diversifies us, giving us you know different markets. If one market's up, the other one might be might be uh, might be down. At least we kind of have some kind of a balance. Amazing there to hear how a UAE-based company uh, is leveraging themselves here to, to pivot so far afield. Adam, amazing to speak to you. Thank you so much for taking the time. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, obviously, one of, our, one of our most successful small and medium-sized businesses here in the UAE in the tourism sector. So, so brilliant to get the measure of you uh, and your insights there. Paul, uh, Paul, thank you very much for your questions as well. Uh, that was Adam McEwen, the group CEO of Hero experiences. Now they're the company behind companies like Platinum Heritage and Balloon Adventures. You're listening to Starting Up on the Agenda on Dubai Eye 103.8. With VirtuZone, business set up with no regrets. Hello there. Welcome back to Starting Up on the Agenda. And it's time for our mentor spot. Now, I'm a very fortunate person because I've got not one, but two mentors in the studio at the moment. Obviously, Paul Bryson, who's Group Commercial Director for VirtuZone, has stuck with me. He is here to grill the guests over the next hour. But I've also been joined by John Casey, who's the General Manager of VirtuZone's Accounting and Taxation Department. Lovely to have you join us. John, how are you? Very well, thank you. Good. Uh, yes. Very not- pleased to hear that. Good to have you in. You are an accountant, are you not? <laughs> <laughs> I, I am indeed. I am indeed. Well, we need an accountant because it's only five months now. In fact, I think it's under five months now until corporation tax is due to be introduced. Can you tell me a bit more about what, you know, who's going to be charged and how much they're going to be charged? This is a brand new tax for the UAE. That's right. That's right. So yes, it's brand new, and yes, it's huge, but it's, uh, it's certainly not something scary. Um, I think. Yeah, you say that. That's because you understand it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I, I think um, you know what we've seen is a lot of the information that is out there is, is being put forward by the large firms, and and as a result, it's been put out for those larger companies. And so, what I think we need to do is just get a bit more education out there for the smaller businesses, and and give them a bit of comfort. Yeah, I think the majority of people listening to this program are a bit scared by it, right? They find it quite intimidating. It was the same when we introduced VAT. Yes. Nobody knew anything about yeah. it. We were all scared that, you know, the price of a pint of beer was going to go up 5%. We're all very scared about that. Um, and we now, didn't want to get caught out. The main thing is you just don't want to get into to trouble, you, especially if you're an expat in a country that where you might not understand all the rules. You just... You know, you don't want to be getting it wrong. Now, is it something that SMEs are going to need to worry about or is there some sort of threshold? Um, there, there are thresholds um, and I think a lot of SMEs will, will fall under that, but um, there will still be some requirements for them for them to go through. Um, you know, they unfortunately, they can't sort of sit back and, and not do anything. Mm. Um you know, there, there are a few things that they will absolutely have to do. Now, government's obviously very good at rolling out these initiatives here. Generally, you find there's a bit of a grace period introduced, you know, to make it easier, kind of soft landing. But how should companies be preparing themselves now, John, for this? Um, so right now, uh, so just around the corner, the registrations will open. So that every, every single company, regardless of whether you're in a free zone or a mainland or, or you're small or large, you'll, you'll need to register. Um, and... 
the other the other big part everyone will be need to, everyone will need to be keeping proper accounting records in fact that's one of the you, you said free zone in mainland there every client that comes to see us at the moment says i'll just set up in a free zone because corporate tax won't apply to me only applies to mainland companies is that a myth is that the truth what's the kind of intricacies uh, there? it's somewhere in the middle Un- unfortunately that's one of the big misconceptions that yeah. that you know i'm in a free zone therefore by default i'm not i'm not impacted by corporate tax um, the reality is that if you are registered in a free zone, you might be exempt from corporate tax, um, but there are other certain conditions that you'll, you'll have to abide with um, to take advantage of that. But I know that statement is a little bit scary. Um, there, are, there are definitely other exemptions available, especially for smaller businesses. Um, that would mean even if they don't get that free zone exemption, they yeah. may, they may have if, something else. If we were to get into the numbers what yeah. profit do you think a business would have to make in order to be taxed? And actually, off the top of my head, is it net profit, gross profit? What's the plan? Net, net profit. Net yep. profit. So, so this is this is the one that that most people are aware of, which is profits under three hundred and seventy-five thousand dirham uh, are taxed at zero percent. So nothing on that. It's only nine percent over three hundred and seventy-five thousand. A couple of guys told me last week I'm going to increase my salary to a million dirhams a month and avoid myself being taxed. Is that doable? Or um, Look, I, I think the main thing is that the ministry has got a, a crack team, right? Yeah. They're, they're very mm-hmm. good. If, you're, if you've thought of something, they've thought of it as well. Yeah. Um, the paying myself a big salary uh, idea or, or, you know, pay, pay It's a my- simplistic view, right? Yeah. But I'm not surprised. These guys are entrepreneurs. I'm not I'd surprised. They thought about it. Yes, yeah. straight away. I do. It. I mean, I have to say, coming from the UK, we make a business of trying not to pay tax. In fact, that is that's what, why we're here. That's what accountants do in the UK. Yeah. They help you. You know, it's, it's called creative accounting in the UK, isn't it? It's and, and it's completely normal. It's completely legal. Absolutely. But yes. there are loopholes, and and of course, the moment you introduce some sort of tax regime here, people are going to be looking for the loopholes. It's just human nature. I, I, I agree, and um, you know I, I think people will absolutely be able to um, make you know some some adjustments in, in, in their accounting and, and in their remuneration. Um, but there are tests in, in in place to make sure that things are market value that you're not paying your your spouse or mm-hmm. you know your, your children. And people might be able to take advantage of it in the early days as it's rolled out, but that will likely tighten up as as we move forward. The new rules and regulations come in to to, to prevent that, right? But does it matter what sector you're in? Is every sector? Because this this was the same when VAT was introduced. As will education be taxed? Will rental income be taxed? But does it matter? Is healthcare going to be? You know, will healthcare companies be subject to? Um, there, there are certain industries which have got separate tax regimes, such as um, you know natural resources. Um, I think in terms of the smaller businesses, no, there, there won't be there won't be any impact. Oh, sorry, there won't be any difference depending on on industry. I was interested that you just said natural resources. Is that a polite way of saying the oil companies aren't going to be taxed? Uh, they have their own tax regime, which is which is already in place. So, oh, okay. so yeah, yeah. So no, they're, they're not they're not getting okay. off scot free. Well, I was going to say because you know they're doing the best out of all of us. Let's be honest. Uh, my inclination would be you know tax them first. Uh, I mean, ultimately, if I am just I'm just trying to think of the people who might be listening to this. Like, if I have just started a little clothing company, I make my own clothes, I sell them at right market or online or something like that and i'm you know i'm i'm just breaking even frankly do this doesn't include me does it like have i got to get involved in any way with so, this? so there's there, there's still just there's only three things that you'll probably need to do uh one is you'll definitely need to register uh 
Two is you will have to keep proper accounting records. I know I'm sounding like a broken record right now. But the, the, third, the third thing is um, at the end of your first tax year, you'll, you'll need to file a, a tax return of some sort. Even if you don't have to pay tax, you'll need to do those three things. Um, the big thing, though, which we haven't, kept, we haven't discussed yet, is in the legislation there is a thing called small business relief. They haven't actually named what that threshold will be yet. It'll be a revenue threshold. But basically, if you make less than that amount of sales, revenue, uh, you'll be exempt as well. So there's a profit exemption, Ooh. a revenue exemption. I think and everyone is going to be waiting with bated breath. They yeah. are. Yeah. They really aren't. You're listening to Starting Up on the Agenda on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Virtue Zone, business set up with no regrets. Hello there. Welcome back to Starting Up on the Agenda. This is our special programme for entrepreneurs. The idea is that it gets your creative juices flowing, encourages you to set up your own business. But then we also have lots of advice for people who've already set up their companies and, you know, have a, a few sort of questions or and need, need a bit of mentorship. You need a bit of encouragement maybe to take the next step to get seed funding. But today our focus is not on seed funding. Uh, it's not on setting up. It's actually on tax. So I have kept Paul in the studio with me as ever uh, to ask all the sort of difficult questions. Paul Bryson, Group Commercial Director for Virtue Zone. We've got a double whammy from the Virtue Zone perspective today because I've also kept John Casey, who's their General Manager in Accounting and Taxation. He's joined us to act as our mentor on the programme today. And such is the size of the topic that we have kept you on for two sessions. So John, no escape for you. Lucky me. <laughs> Lucky you, indeed. Okay, so I'm really intrigued by this, the introduction of this tax, because obviously the UAE has pitched itself globally for decades as a, as a, as a tax-free destination. Is this new corporation tax going to act as a break on innovation? Is it going to be a barrier to entry for entrepreneurs? Um, I, I think you need to look at why, well, start by looking at why the tax is being introduced. Um, you know, it's, it's being introduced because it is the right thing for the UAE, the UAE to do, given its place in, in the world economy. Um, it is not being introduced as a sort of punitive revenue-gathering exercise by, by, the, by the government. And, um, and what you see you know, the, through the legislation and, and the, other, the other guidance that's coming out from the ministry is, is they really don't want to disrupt that, that um, start-up, that small business um, industry uh, to the point where they even spell it out in some of the legislation saying, you know, to make things easier for small businesses, we won't require them to do X and Y and Z. And yeah, the, the, you actually just answered the question. We just had one in there asking us why we think the tax has been introduced. We, we do a bit of travel as well with Dubai government. Okay, every year we go there to, we, we travel to different cities across the world and we look at why businesses should look at entering this market and it's the number one thing that people say is you know it's great we love it but sometimes it lacks a little bit of credibility because of the tax situation so having a little really? a, yeah you, you know you want to be a switzerland a hong kong a singapore you don't want to be a panama or a british virgin islands uh, or Isle of man right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. These, for, for us these these countries have got negative connotations of tax havens whereas we think we think differently of switzerland we think differently of yeah. Singapore, right? And that is partly because every single company in those countries is required to publish their accounts. And, and you're saying that even if you don't have to pay corporation tax, ultimately this legislation is bringing that obligation in. Um, ish. ish. <laughs> <laughs> what are the, what when are I the say publish your accounts, I, I mean know. do your accounts. Yeah, I mean, Sorry. The, the, oh. yes. 
you don't you don't need to do a full set of audited accounts. Okay. Right. Well, in in, in most cases, and and in fact, again, going back to to what the ministry is is saying is, you know, we we don't want to burden small businesses with having to do an audit. You know, you okay. can you, you just need to do proper accounting records so that you can support whatever you're submitting. Oh, okay. So it's yeah. not as bad as a full audit. No. Okay. But okay. We, we've got a, we've got a question in right yep. on on the WhatsApp saying. Can I just split my business in two or into more than one in order to bring myself under the tax threshold? Ooh, sensible. I think that <laughs> yeah. sounds eminently sensible. Is, is, is it not? Um, so the conservative accountant in me should, should say that uh, the ministry did release a you know something that said specifically, you know, we will be looking out for this. Um, but if there is a genuine business reason for doing it, mm. then, then then absolutely. But you, you can't just split your business into five, all, all five businesses doing the same thing yeah. just to get your profit under the threshold. <clears throat> it's actually it's a really interesting question because I found that for years, many, many people have tried to squeeze as many business activities into one company trade license when they shouldn't really do it in order to only have one business. Whereas now they might need to separate. So you could see the number of companies increase because if you if you sell photocopiers, you can't service the photocopier on the same company, right? You must have two separate companies, one to trade and one for services. So you might see that increase, but that sounds like a legitimate way to do it rather than yeah. we've got five companies doing the same thing. Yeah. It does. It does. Okay, so my final question. <clears throat> Are there positives to this story? Because I have to say, I think most people, they hear the word tax, and if they feel pretty negative about it, if I'm <laughs> honest. So are there positives? Uh, I, I think so. I think um, especially for the small and micro businesses out there, um, you know, th- this is not going to be a big technical tax, you know, burden on them. It's going to be more of a administrative task for them. And meanwhile, you know, the UAE gets seen in a, in a better light in the world economy. Well, that is good news. If you want to find out more about corporate tax, just go to the UAE's website. Super simple. Uh, If you just search for UAE corporate tax, you'll find it. It's u.ae and then there's lots of information there uh, about the obligations that will fall to you and basically how you can register as well. There's even a very helpful FAQs about the UAE's corporate tax, uh, which comes from the Ministry of Finance. So plenty more on this to come on Virtue Zone, plenty more of this, sorry, on, on starting up and plenty more of this to come on the agenda and also obviously the business breakfast because I think about once a month we're going to be talking about corporation tax now I'll try and sort of do it around the beginning of the month all the way until the introduction it's first of July isn't it uh first of June first of June yeah. oh my goodness does that mean we've got four months that you're means... trying to trap them up there yeah uh, yeah, yeah yeah do you I see that little choice yeah yeah. Little <laughs> choice. yeah 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 uh so hang on a sec so you've got we're in February March April May first of June four months to go it's around it's around the corner right? What's that? Until it starts. Yeah, yeah. But another year. But, but, until... but if, if, if your financial year is 1st of January, then, you know. You, Even you, less time. Yeah. That well, is no, more. Well, a bit. Yeah. Oh, Just thought yes. about something there. What's that? Yeah. Can businesses change their financial year? No. They can't change it to get a tax advantage. But if they don't have a financial year yet, a lot and a lot of small businesses don't, all right, they, yeah. they, you know, they're yet to set it, they can, they can set it when they want. Well, that's interesting. Very interesting. Okay, John, lovely to have you in the studio. Thank you so much for your time. That's John Casey, General Manager of Virtuzone Accounting and Taxation. We're going to be seeing a lot of this gentleman because we're going to be a lot, doing a lot on corporate tax over the next four months. Count them. Four. You're listening to Dubai 103.8. You're listening to Starting Up on the Agenda on Dubai 103.8. With Virtuzone. Business set up. 
with no regrets. Hello there. Welcome back to Starting Up. Welcome back to the agenda. Uh, we are here with your special programme for uh, business owners, for prospective entrepreneurs. We've got lots of advice for people here on the programme as well. But we are focusing on tourism on the programme today. Not least because Dubai came close to hitting pre-pandemic visitor figures last year with over 14 million international visitors. That compares to nearly 17 in 2019. But, you know, since then... We've had COVID. And if you compare it to the rest of the world, global tourist travel last year was still 37% lower than in 2019, according to UN figures. So plenty of scope for growth. And of course, we've had the Chinese market just opening up. So the outlook is good. So if you are a budding entrepreneur, how can you ride this wave to profit? On the programme today, we've invited several small and medium-sized businesses into the studio, several startups to sort of I guess what we're trying to do, Paul, is like mine their brain for hints and tips. Yeah, and that's it, right? There's little nuggets in there that everybody should be picking up on. And I'm really looking forward to the next one because I have a few questions. You've got a few questions, Vlad. Okay, so one such company is U-Drive. Now, Thomas Cowan's their business lead. He joins me now in the studio. Thomas, thanks for coming in. Lovely to have you with us. Good morning. Oh, so first of all, I'd turn your mic up and then if you could speak very close to it as well, that would be lovely. Thanks, Georgia. Thanks, Paul. Good to be here. Lovely to to have you. Now, you're constantly innovating at U-Drive, which is basically you rent the cars by hour or by the day or by the week. By the minute, I think they do. Absolutely, yeah. There's there's two fleets which we operate throughout the, the UAE. We're operational at the moment through Abu Dhabi, Dubai, Sharjah and Ajman, uh, which essentially gives access to tourists, residents and anyone in between to rent a vehicle per minute or per day. So it's it's an approach on the street, unlock with your phone and, and away you go. Very so. cool. You have now uh, opened a new area, haven't you? And, a, and it really chimes in with this tourism topic. Absolutely. Yeah, I think we're all experiencing a really exciting times for the region, especially for Dubai, obviously with the flagship here. It's still there. Uh, uh, obviously had a very tough couple of years during COVID, but great to see that V-shaped recovery that we're all looking forward to. Um, so in partnership with RTA, we, we uh, one thing that we have spent a lot of time on is, is developing our technology stack and, and how we can better serve the, the residents and tourists that visit Dubai. And we've better connected them to Hatta. Now, for those of you that have been to Hatta, it's a beautiful area of the country. Absolutely stunning scenery, lots of new cafes, restaurants, activities to be uh, to be enjoyed. Um, so we've launched a Hatter fleet with, with the RTA, which basically gives um, excess kilometers, increased distances to be uh, traveled in these vehicles specifically for Hatter. I love that you've that you've done it properly because I'm a bit of a geek when it comes to corporate structuring and setting up businesses. And so many people come and see us. They want to set up some car rental company on the cheap, right? Yeah. They don't want to go through RTA. They don't want to do it properly. They don't want to pay, right? They want to do it cheap through a freezer. And we tell them, no, you have to do it properly, right? Here's the steps. And there's only a few companies that have actually nailed it. But what what differentiates you from your standard car hire company? Because I love the fact that tourists use you guys, whereas I find it difficult as a tourist when I go abroad to rent a car, right? It's a pain. Yeah, and it really indicates that we're getting more sort of independent travellers here because normally if you came to Dubai, you came on a package and you barely Mm -hmm. left the hotel or if you did, it was on a coach. But it's all changing now. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you you said it yourself just there. When you're renting a car overseas in a city that you don't recognise, there's you know there's a lot of friction attached to that, and a lot of people there's a big anxiety around renting a vehicle. The the difficulty I've got compared to probably both of you is I only have a UE driving license. I learned to drive here. Did you really? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) 
like two years ago. That's quite nice. <laughs> but yeah, I know that. I know that. But you two will have right. I've got a British you, one. Right, yeah. I've got a British one. Yeah. Easier. Yeah. So it's difficult for me, right? Two years UE license, it's, it's not easy. Oh, but I bet they don't recognise it in other countries. <laughs> no, no chance. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so when people come in, you, do you remove that friction then? Is it super easy to rent them? Yeah, absolutely. Essentially, it's, it's a fully digital process, so it's all handled through the application. Uh, you'll be asked to upload things like your driving license, passport, and all the relevant details that you would need to rent a car under the normal terms mm. and, uh, and laws of, of the country. Once that's approved by our team in, in, in our head office, you have access to all of the cars on the platform. So essentially you're presented with a map view and you'll be able to see all of the cars that are close to you, whether they're a permanent car, a daily car, and now obviously the Hatter cars, which are, which are indicated with Hatter logos and branding in the app. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, you, you, you essentially have access to anything you want. What happens if someone crashes one of your cars? Yeah, so so we have uh, we have inside. Sorry, the... I mean I, I'm just no. speaking from personal experience. <laughs> no, well, that, the first thing I'm thinking of is yeah. costs, capital cost of this business, oh, insurance yeah. cost is going to be right. Same question. <laughs> yeah, same question. Just ask. My, mine is a layman's way of asking. Yours is the grown-ups way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, well, essentially, in the unfortunate case that that does happen, it's it, we follow the same procedures that any normal uh, process would follow. In the in the case that obviously you would need to call the police and register a. A uh, register a, a, an accident on the on that system. Uh, we normally send an accident response team to the customer within 15 minutes. We tend to bring a replacement vehicle. We handle the police uh, negotiations yeah, on their behalf and make sure they're on their way. So, so gosh, you know. that's and great. A, well, a tourist would need that, right? It's great. Yeah. It's a great service for a tourist. And Dubai being a place where we like things a little bit premium. Yeah. yeah? yeah. Uh, are all the, uh, is this a, is this a service that people on a budget will go for or other premium options also absolutely yeah there's there's everything from an economy uh, sedan or or a small hatchback all the way up to an suv and we've got some experienced cars in there mustangs and i've got some exciting stuff really? coming onto the fleet soon yeah absolutely i didn't realize i thought it was all same same no no not at all everything from like i say to fit every need but we're, we're seeing a much broader uh, sort of uh, group of people that are now using the platform as cars become less and less. So, do you know, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I've, I haven't had my car for a week now because mm. the lining fell down from the roof. Random, cannot believe it happened. Okay. It's taking this very nice servicing company forever to mend it. So I'm getting, either borrowing my husband's car, well, one of us is always mm. having to get cabs. It's costing us a fortune. So I'd like to use your service, but the problem is I live in a residential area in Um Sakim. Yep. So how would I be able to use your service in a way that was convenient for me without having to, like, get a taxi to your car, if you know what I mean? Yeah, so, look, I mean, you can reserve vehicles for up to 15 minutes. So, you know, the idea of, of the service is to be available anywhere, everywhere on demand. So essentially you, you would I – mean, Um fortunately, is, is a busy area for us. So it's one of the areas that we tend to stock with vehicles. So you fortunately I just need to look, be, really, don't I? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you, you'll never be too far away from your closest U-drive. So, uh, so, yeah. Well, that might save me a yeah. fortune. I well, spent about 600 dirhams on cabs over the last – you know, three days. Well, you should have seen what I spent over the last 10 years before I got that driving license. Oh, my goodness, of course. <laughs> yeah, I can we, imagine, were, we started yeah. adding them up, but it got a little bit mental. Yeah. I mean, it was every day, and then it became, once the Lexuses were introduced on Uber, it got more expensive. But I bet. I, I'm thinking now, right, man, my business development hat is on. You guys are a brand now, right? It's really growing. It's well-known locally. Yep. Our car company's not 
breaking your door down to say stock our cars because if I'm a car company I want these potential customers to test it in Dubai I love it and then buy it when they go home absolutely 100% yeah we, we're having some uh, good conversations with manufacturers to uh, essentially connect people with with their products essentially mm. you know it's, it's it's an important piece for them uh, and given the diverse sort of uh, selection of customers that use our service it's it's a really unique opportunity for manufacturers to step in and introduce their products to to this kind of customer base i love it i'm going to download the app now and check it out we have already reached midday so i'm going to have to say goodbye we're in trouble i'm already (laughs) a minute late for the news (laughs) it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the program thank you so much for coming on to explain about your new development for hatter uh, and of course your business secrets thomas cowan business lead for you drive thanks for your time thank you very much thank you it's been so lovely to have you here and as ever paul it's been a pleasure to have you here as well you're going to come back and see me next week yeah hopefully we'll see how the other guys are getting on but hopefully all right fingers crossed paul bryson their group commercial Director for Virtue Zone. You have been listening to our latest edition of Starting Up. Uh, it happens every Tuesday at 11 a.m. right here on the agenda on Dubai Eye 103.8.